If you freaking don't want to fight, then you freaking might as well stop right now. Are you going to stop fighting? You're behind in this fight. Damn it. Take this. You're behind in this fight. You're now listening. You got 12 minutes left. That's all around. Would you know in the next 12 minutes, you're going to have to live with for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life. Your little son, he's not going to be told that his son beat Hollyfield. He's going to be told he's being lost to a guy named Volta. Who's brought up with no talent? You understand? Anything you feel, he's feeling the same for worse. You're just not digging. You hear me? And you can't talk about all the things you talk about if you don't perform. Now listen, do you want to live with that the rest of your life, no. Michael? It's gonna happen. You got 12 minutes. You're behind. You understand? It's gonna start here. Yes, 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 back again, you're tuned in to Knock Em Out The Box, this is Vinny Paz, I'm on a solo mission, my man B, once again is on vacation, the, the, the levels of vacation this guy takes is, uh, is unparalleled, you know what I'm saying, I wish I had the life of this man, and uh, you know, I need, I, I need his life really. You know what I'm saying? I need the left, right, left kid's life. Uh, you know, he's on an island, you know, drinking uh, drinks with the, you know, with the umbrellas, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just living the life while I'm here. You know, it's snow, you know, in the snow in Philadelphia. You know, it's cold here. It's, it's freezing out. But, you know, the show must go on, as they say, right? This is Knock em Out the Box, episode 66. My name is Vinny Paz. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. I apologize if the, uh, the audio isn't up to par. I'm not with Irish Billy. Uh, I'm Dolo. It's in the middle of the night. This is when I, uh, I usually function, but we record around nine thirty or 10 o'clock typically for y'all. So, uh, yeah, it's the middle of the night right now in Philly. Um, and I'm recording Dolo, uh, without any help. Pablo's going to help me in post, uh, as he always does. But again, I'm going for Dolo. So, uh, again, my apologies for the um, for the audio if it's not up to par. Uh, with that said, uh, we'll move on. Also, this will probably be a, a truncated episode, seeing as I don't have my co-host. Therefore, uh, we're not going back and forth arguing and bickering, which probably adds uh, some depth and some time to the show. Right? Right. All right, so we'll start out with some news and notes. We'll, we'll get right into it. Um, the monster Inoue has said he is planning to fight three times this year. Uh, obviously, coming up in May, we know that May 6th versus Luis Neri, then likely around September, and then December. Uh, I can't think of any other guys in our, our top 10 pound for pound that are fighting three times a year. Matter of fact, I can't think of a guy in the top 10 pound for pound that uh, had intentions of fighting three times a year, maybe in a decade or longer. So uh, that's very exciting. Um, a, a question we've asked on the air, asked if he will return to fight in the USA again. Uh, in a way says, I definitely want to fight there again. However, Japan is now becoming a big market too. I think the reason behind wanting the American dream is that name recognition and big money will follow. Uh, 
But nowadays, if you're successful in Japan, you can make millions even in the lighter weight divisions. That's why Steph Fulton came to Japan. Uh, that's very difficult to argue with if you're in your way and you watch his fights and you see how many people show out. He is right about the American dream, and it's to come here and plant your flag and become a star in the U.S. Um, look, he's 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 young, but he's not very young. So it's it's just my personal opinion that learning English isn't going to happen for any way. Therefore, it's very difficult to become a star here, not speaking any English. You know, some guys have pulled it off and. Um, you know, gotten over well with the American audience by speaking broken English. Uh, you know, with Golovkin, there was some charm there with him saying, you know, uh, Mexican style and big drama show and stuff. You know, that there was more charm in that than if you really think about how um, well he spoke English, which wasn't very well and isn't very well. Uh, same with Lomachenko to a degree, except Loma doesn't really give you sound bites. You know, he's he's not particularly a funny guy. When it comes to stuff, you know, like catchphrases or big drama show, he's there to do what he's there to do. Uh, his English is okay. It's okay enough, you know. But uh, if, if you start asking him more complicated questions, he obviously um, needs an interpreter. But them knowing just a little bit of English, I think, gave them um, what level of stardom they have here. Again, I'm not calling them stars because boxing uh, very rarely has crossover stars anymore. That's... Uh, times past, you know, um, when B and I were young and our parents and stuff, bo boxer was, you know, um, the sport of Kings, everyone knew who the champions were, but, uh, that's long since passed. So to be a, a crossover star now, you're talking about guys like Floyd, Bacchiao, Canelo, um, you know, uh, my personal number one guy, Terrence Crawford, isn't a star as far as late night talk shows and average people knowing their name, you know, he's a star in boxing. So I understand all of this logic from anyway. Um, you know, I'd like to see him in the U S simply because I'll, I'll be honest with you simply because I don't have a problem with the, the Japan fights. It's more, the timing is so, uh, awkward for Americans, you know, F like fighting at 5. AM who, who realistically is watching that I'm a night owl, you know, um, it's towards the end of my night, so it's not problematic for me. Uh, for the average person, I, you know, that that gets up and goes to work around six, seven, eight, you got to get up early and watch a fight. That's not really optimum experience. You know, you think of boxing, you think of having the fellas over, you know, some pizzas, you know what I mean, a couple drinks or whatever with the fellas. That's dead when, when there's, you know, fights from you know, other continents where you're, you're watching in the morning, you know, it's the same with, um, with football by football. I mean, soccer, European, you know, it's like, I'm, uh, I'm a fan, but I'm watching those, I'm watching those matches early, you know, maybe 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. That's not really where your head is at, to be honest, um, for sporting events. That's just my personal opinion. Um, same thing goes for the day in general with boxing, with, which, which B happens to like. I don't, I'm, I, I'm curious to, to see where your heads are at. Cause when he and I were, um, arguing about that in the past, uh, what I should have said is write in and let me know what you guys think about all the Saudi fights here, you know, are in like the late afternoon 
And whether you like that or whether you like, you know, fights coming on main events 11 or 12 at night, which is what, what I prefer on Saturdays, you know? Um, so, yeah, I have no problem with what Inoue said. And if you're his opponent, you go there and get a bag, you know? So, and that's what um, Luis Neri is going to do. And, you know, Inoue saying he's going to fight three times a year, I absolutely believe it sans injury. So let's just hope he doesn't get cut bad or hurt a hand, you know, in, in the Neri fight. And I expect him to be, I expect him to be right back and, and stay true to his word because that's what he's done so far in his career. And I have no reason to doubt him. Uh, he seems to stand on business. All right, moving on. Uh Canelo ruled out Jaime Munguia when he said his opponent on May 4th will be an American. And now, unless he's bluffing, Charlo has confirmed he's not in talks either. Charlo had said he went on his Instagram or whatever it was and said he hasn't talked to Al Heyman in months. Um, so, again, B&I's prediction of the fall of PBC, uh, the pieces just seem to be... Um, just falling, falling apart at the seams, if you will. Um, we're not getting anything or hearing anything from them until that card on March 30th, which is on Amazon Prime. It seems like everyone's getting out of there uh, or trying to. Uh, Subrael got out of there already. Um, you know, Boots is in a lawsuit. It's not looking good. All those guys, I think a lot of those guys are going to flee. And like I said on a previous show, the guys that they looked at as their stars are all in their mid-30s on their way out. You know, that whole crop of young fighters when PBC started, um, Danny Garcia, Thurman, um, the Charlo brothers, um, they're all in their mid-30s, a couple of them are retired, a couple of them are close, in my opinion. They're not, their stable is, I, I can't think of an up-and-coming star in there except maybe David Morrell. Where's he going to go? What are they going to do? He's got to stay busy. Um, So, yeah, uh, Jamal Charlo saying he hasn't talked to Al Heyman uh, leads me to believe that... Um, that's not very realistic, unless he's bluffing, unless he's bluffing. Uh, it's to people thinking that, okay, well, then that leaves Terrence Crawford, you know, Bud Crawford talking about going up there, or uh, uh, and Benavidez. Uh, Benavidez confirmed that he was told by his manager that Canelo's not fighting him in 2024. So that's that's out, uh, which is crazy for me. I think that's I think that's a, that's problematic for Canelo's legacy. Um, you know, not that he's not already a Hall of Famer. He is. Don't take what I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, don't don't take it to heart as 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 much as you might. I do believe it might affect his legacy if he doesn't fight him. But he's still first ballot Hall of Famer. You know. Uh, but he needs to fight David Benavidez. Um, Canelo also said about a fight with, with Bud, he said, it's not happening. I quote, I have everything to lose and nothing to gain because if I win, they'll say, oh, he was too small. Uh, like the in a way stuff, I, I don't, 
I don't have a problem with Canelo saying that. I don't love that fight the way a lot of people do. And I'm a guy that that is 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 not very critical when it comes to matchmaking. If I feel like there's two capable guys in there, I don't get as upset as B does. But I this is just I mean, a a guy that was the man at lightweight, the man at 140, currently the man at 147, skipping 54 and 60 to go to 60. I'm just not interested. I'm not saying it's impossible. Bud can't do it because Bud's that good. I just, I think we're really starting to get the trickle down effect of the names we do not speak on this show. The trickle down effect, so I'm going to say their names um, under protest, of what the Paul brothers are doing. The trickle down effect of Tyson Fury fighting an MMA guy. So now um, you have AJ fighting an MMA guy, the same MMA guy, because the bags are there. And there's a trickle down effect to this. And you're getting these gimmicky fights and... I'm not implying it's as gimmicky because you're talking about two world champions and two pound for pound guys. I'm just, I think there's a lot of fights out there for Bud um, that would help his legacy. Again, he's uh, been the man in three divisions, the real guy in three divisions. I mean, that's, if that's not Hall of Fame, I don't know what else is, you know? He's, again, my pound-for-pound number one guy. Um, you know, I'd like to see a fight with Boots, although the argument that there's no money in Boots and it's all risk, no reward, is absolutely a legitimate argument. But I still want to see it because I believe Boots is that good. Uh, 47 is thin after after Boots. But, you know, there's, I, there's fights to be made at 54 there's fights to be made at 60, even though I think 60 might be too big for Bud. But again, I don't mean too big like he's going to lose, but I would, I, you know, I'd like to see if he's, a, a, a fight with, with Boots at 47 would be amazing, but that's just me being being a boxing head and not being a realistic match money uh, matchmaker thinking about the financials of it. It's 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 not realistic financially when you talk about Boots being a draw unless it's such a one-sided deal i mean so one-sided that we can't even fathom it you know that's really the only way i could see that happening or boots you know beating a couple of these guys and 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 grabbing all the belts that they have stripped or will strip away from bud unfairly i might add but will you know if he, if he gets if he gets his weight up like that, then maybe you have an argument there to, to make that fight. But the split is going to be crazy regardless because Boots is a, a guy that just boxing heads know about, you know? So um, with that said, you know, I don't see that happening. And and Bud isn't young. Bud is 36. So if, if Bud was younger, I could say, oh, maybe that'll happen in a couple of years. Or that's a fight you have to marinate on. But there aren't a couple of years to have. But at this point in his career, with what he's done in three weight classes, being the man in all three, the real guy, you're really looking for monster fights and monster paydays. And Boots certainly doesn't 
um, supply the payday aspect of it. From a pure skills perspective, it's a brilliant fight. Um, but like I said, you know, if but that's really the only fight for Bud at 47. So then you're looking at 54, which is where he would have rematched with Spence. That's out. I think Spence is done. I've told you all that before. That's my opinion. That's my prediction that he's done. He's cooked. If he was to come out, back out, I think he gets beat the fuck up. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's tough. So we don't know what Canelo is doing in 2024 right now as as we're recording this episode and as y'all are listening. We have no idea. And May is coming up quick. Uh, and certainly we don't know what he's doing in September. So we need two two big fights to be made. And we've already eliminated Jaime Munguia. We've eliminated Bud. Um, we've seemingly eliminated Jamel Charlo, Jamal Charlo, even though I didn't want to see that anyway. And uh, so... No Benavides, uh, at least in 2024. So what are we, who are we looking at? Who are even potential opponents? If you're talking about, all right, all those guys are out, then who are we talking about? You know, um, if you were thinking of a Bivol rematch, well, we're finally getting, we're finally getting um, Bivol better BF. So it's not even, he's not even going to run that back. I don't know what to do here. I do happen to agree with him saying he has everything to lose and nothing to gain because, um, while it would be a monstrous event, you know, it's the first thing people will say if he were to win is that, um, you know, he's, you're fighting a guy who turned, you know, turned pro as a lightweight or, fought, you know, started his, his career at lightweight. Uh, we spoke about Josh Taylor and uh, Jack Catterall at super lightweight. So, Taylor's going down, back down to uh, 140. I don't like that for him. I think he's cooked. It's April 27th in Leeds. Uh, yo, they already had a press conference. Look, there's lots of theatrics in boxing. We all know that. And then every now and then there's there's a fight where you know that these people inherently do not like each other. This is one of them. Um they were talking. Everyone was talking crazy at the presser, um, from fighters to managers to trainers. Um, look, if Taylor's got anything left in the tank, it, I, I could see it being a war. Uh, you know, I don't think either guy right now, at this point, at this stage, is elite. I, we've spoken about us thinking Josh Taylor has slipped. He did a lot in the sport. Um, he fought everyone. He unified 140, you know. Um, he lost to Teofimo. He looked like shit against Teofimo. So, look, I think sometimes they can make for great fights. You guys have heard me talk about before in other episodes why I think, um, you know, Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward the trilogy, but the first fight specifically was so great. And maybe it's because the reason it was so great is because both guys had slipped a little bit. Both guys' reflexes weren't there as much. You get hit a little bit more. And what happens when that, with that? And you start throwing pun tons of punches, but your defensive reflexes aren't there. It's, you know, it sets the stage for a war. I, I, we might be looking at one on April 7th in Leeds, UK. Um, in my, I told you so, 
a pocket that I always I always keep and I told you so in my pocket uh, for B. He doesn't listen to me. I don't know why. They call me Parlay Pazzy Pazzy Picks for a reason. I said, I believe last episode, uh, if not certainly in the last two, uh, we were talking about whose boot's going to fight, whose boot's going to fight because he's wrapped up in this legal battle with these guys and he, and he, 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 he you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and I said, you know, we were talking about, well, who can he even fight realistically? And I said, he should fight Cody Crowley. Cody Crowley can box a little bit. He's undefeated. Who else is out there? If you can't get, you know, Stan Jonas is the other name. B told me, nah, 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 that's not going to happen. You're crazy. Why are you even talking about that guy? Well, well, well. The IBF have now officially ordered Jerron Boots Ennis to defend his IBF welterweight world title versus Cody Crowley next. The fight is reportedly being targeted for a Canelo Alvarez undercard on May 4th. Well, well, well. Pazzy picks. Boots Ennis. Cody Crowley, May 4th. Cody Crowley can box a little bit. I believe Boots to be, um, you know, of the young guys that we heralded on this show. You know how we what we're talking about Boots and Cool Boy Steph for the past couple years. Steph, uh, you know, lost in your way, but that's nothing to be ashamed of. Steph is another one. Steph is online complaining about why am I not fighting? Why are y'all not getting me fights? So there you go. Another PBC guy trying to get fights and can't. Uh, and they're not giving him, him anything. I still believe Steph to be su- superbly talented. I still believe he's a real player. Prior to the uh, in a way fight, B and I had him in our top 10 pound for pound. We we take that list seriously. Um He's got a lot to offer. He's still young. But like I said about PBC, it's a house of cards. Uh, he, You know, when guys are going online saying, yo, what the fuck is the deal here? Um, you know, what is the deal? I, I can't get any fights. That's not a good sign. Let's hope cool boy Steph gets back. But like I said, well, well, well. I said, Boots, maybe Cody Crowley, you know, can get in there with him. The kid's a little bit slick, not much power. So you're not talking about really tons of risk, at least in terms of Boots getting hurt, you know. And uh, Boots steamrolls Hamble. Then there's another, that that's another, um, you know, undefeated real guy that you, that you have. That's another scalp you took, you know, which just helps in, in getting the big fight or looking for the big fight or pressuring a guy to fight you. You know, nothing's coming up for Bud and and Boots keeps destroying or, you know, beating undefeated guys or winning more belts because they've been stripped from Bud. Then then you, it starts making, hey, maybe we'll, we'll fight this kid. You know, maybe not. I'm not predicting Bud Crawford is, is going to fight Boots. But I did predict not predict, I, I I said, maybe this kid Cody Crowley uh, can get in there with Boots and make a good fight. You know, that's a nice little fight. B told me, no, nah, it's not a nice little fight, and no, it won't happen. So it looks like it is going to happen on May 4th. Who knows what's going on with this lawsuit? Maybe this is part of that. Um, lastly, as far as our news is concerned, Eddie Hearn has revealed that uh, Tank Davis has not accepted their offer for the Conor Ben fight as things stand. And they're now in talks with Danny Garcia 
as well as four to five other potential opponents for Ben's next fight. Uh, look, I heard they offer tons and tons and tons of money to Tank. So that, to me, I would have taken it because Ben looked like shit two times in a row. Uh, again, he had, he got popped. We've talked about it on the air. You know, we don't need to keep going over it. But he got popped. He pissed dirty for PEDs. Uh, I was giving him more wiggle room than B, B was. Uh, B is done with him. He was done with him. He's done with him even more. So is my man Correct, uh, who is a trainer out in Vegas. Y'all y'all have heard us talk about Correct. They're done with him. Uh, they've been done with him completely. His past two outings, uh, he's looked slow, flat-footed. So if, if I was Tank, even though... Uh, even though Conor Ben's much bigger, Conor Ben is Conor Ben is a big one forty seven, and he weighed one seventy in his last fight. So Tank's probably like, "Fuck that, man! I'm fighting at thirty five. But I still, if the bag is as big as Eddie Hearns, I was hearing, I was hearing upwards of ten million. Look, if if that's true, then I'd go over there and be, and and I think Tank beats him just because Tank is better. You know, let's let's throw size out for a quick second. Um, so I actually think realistically, I think Conor Ben, Danny Garcia is the better fight. Um, Danny's getting older. Uh, his, his best win slash the fight in which he looked the best was against Lucas Matisse, uh, on the Floyd Gardello undercard. So you're talking well over a decade ago. Um, Danny has always been a guy who was so intelligently um, matched up. His career was so well-guided. The fact that he is a two-time champion uh, is just staggering. His resume is subpar, to say the least, but... Uh, where Conor Ben is out, where is at now, and where Danny is at now, they might beat the shit out of each other, and I'm all in for that. Um, and Eddie's saying there's four or five other potential opponents. Look, Conor Ben over there, you know, um, I think he's a draw from from what I understand from our from our UK guys, you know. So why not? Why not if you're over there, get a bag with Eddie, you know. Um, Eddie, Eddie makes sure guys are paid. So if you're one of these guys floating around 47 or anywhere in that range, 47, 54, because Nigel, I mean, Connor Ben looked huge and was 30, no, 23 pounds over the welterweight limit in his last fight. Why not? Um, go get a bag. That's how I see it. No, no one else is beating down Danny Garcia's door. You know, there's no big fights out there for him anymore. Certainly not. So I would think of all of your options, Connor Ben is that. That's that's probably a, a nice little bag. And, you know, it'll be a big deal over there. Uh, it'll sell out over there. Uh, I don't think Danny's ever fought in the UK. I'm 99.999% sure he hasn't. So, uh, yeah, why not? But we'll see what happens there. But, again, Tank not taking that fight leads us to believe what we've all always believed. There's nothing on the table for him. He just got the ankle bracelet off. Uh, Tank did. He's able to train. Uh, you know, what are they going to do there? Uh, I, I would not be shocked 
at all if Roley Isak Cruz winner is who Tank fights next, which is just embarrassing. But, you know, we can go on and on and on on this podcast about uh, Tank's decisions and uh, his decision to ignore a potential legacy and just, you know, fight guys, fight Jags. Just another guy, as I call him, Jags. So uh, I'm assuming we'll be hearing something soon from Tank now that the ankle bracelets are. Yeah, so real quick, we'll get into um, we'll get into some reviews of fights that happened this past week. Uh, the JoJo Diaz fight, B was so uh, uninterested in it and um, didn't care to the point where he didn't even have it on our ledger last week, and I brought it up. Uh, he's a really sneaky guy when it comes to that. This guy's dictating uh, what you guys, what fights you guys hear about. You know what I'm saying? He's a real, he's a real uh, uh, sneaky. I might call it. Uh, there might be some other choice words for him, but the guy, the guy picks and chooses what he wants to do. Like he's, like he's, uh, you know, a solo act. You know, he doesn't realize he's on a team, so he doesn't even put this JoJo Diaz on there. And I said, look, man, you know, the guy, look, at, at least at one point was a name, you know, you're just going to ignore this? And he says, yeah. So, look, it was a Thursday night fight on DAZN. Um, I talk about how I don't like fights during the day or the early morning, but I do not mind fights on a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, you know, any night of the week. Just give me as much boxing as possible. But this was a card, you know, basically a club fight card um, from Golden Boy. Um with Jojo Diaz as the headliner, basically giving him uh, an opportunity to somehow get back to form because, you know, he's on a losing streak. Uh, you know, he seems to be fading, even though he's very young. So this was his shot against Jesus Perez to sort of show out and, 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 and show his promoter, the world, us, the fans, that, you know, he can still fight at a high level, if not the most elite, still at a high level, you know, and get in there and give good guys a, a tough time, you know, which um, guys like that are always needed, you know, maybe still be able to pick up a secondary belt, which is obviously the intent of what this was to do in a showcase fight against Jesus Perez, who clearly didn't get the memo. Um Look, Jojo Diaz just is uh, is showing every sign of what it is to be a shot guy. Um, you know, to quote B, he, t he talks about how, you know, you know a guy's uh, shot when you can see that he sees what's there in front of him, but he can't pull the trigger. Now, this, this is a little bit different um, because there were lots of punches thrown in this fight. Um for me, what it showed was how much he was getting hit. At one point in the fight, there was a little bit of a uh, a clinch, and JoJo like threw the guy through the ropes, which is like clear frustration and frankly bad sportsmanship. Uh, he downplayed it in the post fight interview and sort of got went crazy in the post fight interview, which is sort of another sign of you know just a guy that's not there physically and mentally. But what I saw with Jojo Diaz, he, he just stood in front of um, Jesus Perez. There was no footwork, zero head movement. He seemed to be 
uh, in slow motion. He he got some shots off. He landed, um, you know, against uh, Jesus Perez. Jesus, uh, Jesus Perez did good. Um, he was landing a, an overhand right hand at will. Uh, both guys did some good body work. I like that. You, you know, you, you're going to see that when, when you see Latinos fight. There was some really good uh, body work. Look, for a Thursday night club fight, you know, even though it's a named guy, I was entertained. Um, it was very close. There were rounds in there that could have gone either way. They gave the fight to uh, Jesus Perez, uh, which is true. That's hard to come back from if you're Jojo Diaz. Um, it was a split decision. I didn't score it. I thought it was close, but I wasn't mad. So when I don't score fights, uh, you know, officially with a pen and a pad, I'm still doing it in my head. And by that, I mean that while I might not be giving round by round scores and tabulating them, I'm still looking at effective clean shots, who is landing them, who is being more defensively responsible, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about because... Uh, you know, mo all big fights I score, uh, you know, and if it's just someone that we're really high on, I score the fights. But I just happen to be, I actually, actually watched a fight in bed. Um, so, you know, that wasn't really a situation um, suitable to be scoring. You know, I'm, I'm sure I could have done it on my phone somehow. But yeah, I, 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 I was scoring it. I, I thought this is close, man. He might lose this. Um, there was a point taken away for Jojo Diaz for that shit that he pulled. And I thought that that, when I, as as the fight was getting close to ending and it stayed close, I said, that point's going to get him and he's going to lose this fight. I just thought this in my head, but it was close uh, either way. You know, I thought it was close either way. Whatever happened, I wouldn't have been mad at, but I think I remember thinking Jojo was going to lose this. And he did. And he, he a little bit wilded out um, in... The, the post-fight interview, cursing, cursing De La Hoya, fuck this, this is why I hate boxing, you know, calling it a robbery, which it wasn't, um, talking about Oscar and Golden Boy as a promotional unit, saying I'll go somewhere else where I'm wanted, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really know how that's applicable, man. It was, what does that have to do with anything? This was all fully on you. When the bell rung, it was on you to get the job done, and you didn't clearly beat this guy who was brought in to lose to you. So who is whose fault is that? Are you critiquing your uh, promoter for for quality matchmaking? Is that what you're mad at? That you actually were in there with a guy that came to win, and he ended up beating you? Is that what you're mad at? You should be mad at yourself. Uh, again, Jesus Perez, yo, hats off to you, man. You know you didn't get the memo that you were there to lose. And um, that's a that's a nice little win, you know. It's not that JoJo's a world beater anymore, but you're talking about an ex champion, a guy who's fought everybody, um, a guy who was very capable, a guy who performed at a high level, um, who clearly still thinks he can. But you know, to me, look, uh, I believe in B's philosophy that you know a shot fighter is a guy who sees the shots and can't you know, can't get off, but I, I, there's other things for me too. And that is just the complete inability to get out of the way of shots, not moving your head. Your feet look like they're in quicksand. You kind of look like you're in slow motion. He, he landed some shots too, by the way, Joe, again, I reiterate, it was a close fight. 
you know, but this isn't a guy that you should be in a close fight with if you are fighting at an elite level, you know? That's that's the point that I'm getting at. But enough respect to Jesus Perez, and I hope he gets a uh, a nice uh, reward, and that reward is a, a fight against a, another real guy at 35, you know? Um, because that's how you're supposed to be rewarded in this fight. You you go through camp, you kill yourself, you don't see your family, um, you're in the gym all day, every day, and you put your life on the line out there. And when you pull off an upset like this, you know, you should be rewarded. And uh, as I've said, I believe that regardless of what you think about him personally and things that he did in his personal life or any of that stuff, I believe that Oscar wants to make the best fights and is the most willing to work with others. So I think he will reward Jesus Perez with a, with another um, named guy, you know? So uh, that was, you know, I was entertained by that fight, guys. If you didn't watch it, you know, and you have this own, go on there, check it out. It was a nice little scrap, you know, for, for uh, you know, a Thursday night club fight. Nice little surprise. And, you know, we love, we can't ask for nothing better than that as, as boxing fans, you know. Um, also, uh, Osaki Foster versus Abraham Nova. I always laugh when I see Abraham Nova because he dyes the, the, his beard uh, blonde, which, you know, a lot of people dye their beards. But he's got the mascot, which is might, might be my favorite thing in boxing. It, yo, I don't know why that mascot cracks me up. Um I like Abraham Nova. I think I think he's got some skills. I like Oshaki Foster. I think he's got some skills. I said on the episode to Billy Betts, I love this over. I think it's going the distance. It did go the distance. Um, it was relatively close. Um, look, these guys are not at, they're certainly not at a pound for pound level. And then there's the really, really, really good championship level. And these guys are just like underneath that, you know, like be solid, solid B-level fighters. And um, it, uh, another good scrap, you know, uh, I want to say it was a split decision. I think it was a split decision, uh, but it went the distance, which was my pick. I said, I don't want to touch who's going to win this because I believe they're relatively equally skilled. You know, I like Oshaki Foster's story. It's a great story. You know, he had two two losses mid-career that went to jail. He was in jail. The kid was in jail when he saw Bud win um, the, the title, and that motivated him. So you got to love the story, you know? And I, I, I like him as a person. I like Abraham Nova as a person. I hope nobody takes offense to the fact that I'm saying B-level. They are certainly not elite. They're certainly not pound-for-pound guys. I mean, let's just be honest about that. If B-level is too harsh for any of the trainers or uh, fighters that listen to this, to the podcast and say, yo, man, who the fuck are you to call a guy a a B-level fighter? I'm okay with that. Uh, That's just my opinion. But I just believe they're a little bit, you know, there's the elite, 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 the best of the best of the best. And that's the pound for pound guys. Then there's the guys underneath them who are great fighters. And I believe these guys are just underneath that level, you know? So it's like tears, you know? So I would put, I would, uh, the, the, the guys that are pound for pound are elite. They're above an A, you know? They're, they're the greatest in the world out of thousands and thousands and thousands of fighters. There's 10 guys, you know? And then the level underneath that is the A, A level fighters. Um, I'm not sure that these guys, Osaki Foster or Abraham Nova will beat A level guys at, 
at 130 or if they move up to 135. But um, Shushu Carrington, uh, who we're big on, uh, highlight knockout. That was great performance. Um, the kid has has charisma. He's charismatic. Post-fight interview was great. Uh, Brooklyn, you know, American kid. So it's, you know... That 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 the, the boxing has gone the way of there's so many Eastern Euro guys at the top. There's so many um, Mexican guys, Latino guys at the top. By Latino, I don't mean American. You know, I mean, for, which is great. It shows you know the diversity of the sport, uh, which which didn't exist as much way back in the day, and now it's as diverse as it can get. But American fight fans are hungry for stars. You know. And Shushu can be that because he's starting to show a little pop. I believe earlier um, on earlier episodes, B and I w- would talk about how much we liked him. And I said, man, if this kid could crack or develop sitting down on his punches, you know, because you can't really, power can't really be learned. You're, you're Essentially, you're born with it, but there are techniques that can help you. Um, by that, I mean legal ones. I don't mean PEDs. I mean legal ones where you can, where you, you know, you just sitting down on your punches rather than being up on your toes and constantly moving because you have to have freakish power, you know, that concussive power, like, uh, an art, an art better be at where everything they throw can take you out, you know, but most guys have to either, if they're not, you know, naturally big punches have to really sit down on their shots and land, um, you know, a, a nice, perfect shot. He landed a right hand, right on the, a counter, right through in between shots, right on the button. This guy dropped like a sack of potatoes. It was scary for a second there. Thank God he's okay. But this, uh, the guy he was in there with was, was very, a competent guy, um, you know, had a bunch of wins. Has, has been in there. He's a real guy, you know? And Shushu just starched this guy. Um, so, yo, I love it. Um, I don't know what's next for him. Hopefully they announce something soon. It's early in the year. Let's get him three, you know, three or four fights this year. If it, Look, if Inouye is talking about fighting three times, he's setting the precedent. All these younger guys got to fight three or four times. He's is, He is a, a two-time a uh, real lineal champion. And he's talking about fighting three times. These guys got to be fighting three, four times a year, fighting every three months. I, I don't, I don't see the problem here. Uh, it, it, it was done in the past. It was, I mean, I, I forget how many times Sugar Ray Robinson fought in 1947, but it was a crazy amount. It might he might've had 20 fights in one calendar year. It's crazy. I know that's not what we're looking for now. You know, it's too much. To ask a guy to fight three or four times a year is not too much. If you're a super, super, superstar like Floyd, Canelo, Pacquiao, okay, I'll take two. That's all right. You earned it. Other than that, I'm really not trying to hear it. We as fans aren't trying to hear it. You know, we're paying for these pay-per-views. We're paying for these streaming services. You know, the Zone, ESPN Plus. Now it's going to be Amazon Prime. Um, guys, you got to give us more fights if we're paying... 10, 15, $20 a month, you know? That's that's what fight fans need and what they deserve. And that's why I enjoyed this little um, Thursday night card. There's a Tuesday night card coming up that I'm not covering now because I don't think it's 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 worth it. But um, uh, 
yeah, that's neither here nor there. All right, um, let's move on to this weekend. Uh, you know, speak of the devil and he appears. This Alexandro Santiago Junto Nakatani fight is on at 5 a.m., guys. Uh, my guess is the main event will probably be closer to 8 or 9. But, who, you know, a guy that's working all week is uh, going to get up on a Saturday at uh, at 5, 6, 7 a.m.? You know, that's, that's rough. You know, that's rough. But uh, Alexandro Santiago can fight. Iron Chin. Uh, he lost two fights really early. Those early fights when you're fighting... Um, uh, four rounders, six rounders, and it's a split decision. It can happen to anyone on a wrong night. So he he lost he lost two fights early, and he lost a close fight to Gary O. Antonio Russell. He's got three losses. Me personally, I'm not counting two of them. And the and the Gary o. Antonio Russell fight was close. Uh, he he just beat uh, Nonito Donaire, first ballot Hall of Famer. So it's a tough guy, guys. Uh, he, he he's never been stopped. He's got three losses. He's never been stopped. Junto Nakatani is looked at as a look. Um, he's twenty six and zero with nineteen KOs. Junto, so the guy can crack. Um, the most notable guy he fought that that that, that most of us will know is the Maloney twins, Andrew Maloney. He, he gave him a beating. Uh, he, he he dropped him a few a few times throughout the fight and then stopped him in the twelfth. He put a beating on him. Um, so look, I, I don't have the lines in front of me. That's for Billy Betts. Like I said, when I'm rocking for Dolo, this is as, as raw as it gets. It's just it's just me and this little mic. So uh, I I don't know the line. I don't know the over under. But I'm gonna go as far as saying. I think Junto Nakatani. Uh, pulls out a win, but I think it goes the distance. I think uh, Santiago is that tough, and I think his chin, and honestly, his I think he's a good fighter. I think between just being a good, solid fighter and having a sturdy chin is enough for me to say he at very least can go the distance with this guy. Um, yeah, I can see. Look, that's my prediction for the fight. I see it going the distance, and... Um, I see Nakatani winning a decision. Uh, you know, if it's close, I don't know that uh, Alexandro Santiago can win a decision in Japan. That's if it's close. But um, I think I think he may have his moments. But uh, you know, Nakatani, they're really they're really hype for him, um, and he does not guys out. There's just not a lot of names on his resume. Uh, Fair enough, you know, the lighter divisions. We all know how that goes. There's not lots of stars in, in those divisions. So it's, it's you know, I'm picking nits uh, when it comes to uh, competition. You know, they each, they basically each fought a guy that we know, you know, um, Santiago and Gary Antonio Russell and, um, you know, and, and Nonito Donaire and, um, Junto Nakatani, you know, giving a beating to Andrew Maloney and, and stopping him. So I like that to go the distance, guys, with uh, Junto Nakatani winning a decision. And uh, lastly, the return of Edgar Berlanga versus Padraig McGrory. Uh, look, you you guys know how uh, knock him out the box feels about Edgar Berlanga. They were lining up uh, guys for him to knock out. Uh, he did so. At one point, he was 16-0 and 0 with 16 KOs. 
He hasn't had a KO in over three years. Um, clearly, that says that's that's an indication of what happens when matchmaking and your level of competition gets stronger. So, you know, five in a row, this guy uh, hasn't KO'd anyone. He He's looked unimpressive to me. Um, look, guys, really, he's... I don't think he's good. Um, I, you know, there's a level of respect that we give fighters on this show. And there's certain times, it's it's rare, it's rare, but certain times where um, I just can't and won't mince words. I just don't think Berlanga is good. And um, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And in my opinion, when he fights a guy that can crack, that's it. Uh, this isn't that person in Padraig Magori. He is undefeated. He's 18 and 0 with only nine KOs. So he, 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 you know, this is against very limited opposition, guys. This isn't, this isn't a guy who's fighting, um, he's not fighting much outside of Island, Island, and he's not fighting guys that are top tier. And guess what? I still think he can give Berlanga some trouble. If, if, um, Look, he can box a little bit, this kid. I've I've just seen some tape of him, you know. Um, He can box a little bit. He can give you movement. He can give you angles. All of those things are nightmares. Um, To to Berlanga, who is flat-footed, who lunges, who has, in my opinion, regressed. He's looked worse. Uh, a, a knockout victory is not all that I'm looking for. If he hasn't had a knockout in over three years, but has looked great in those fights, no problem. You know, that's a great thing. You're able to showing you're able to go to distance and look good. You know, moving your head, slipping shots, defensively responsible, catch and shoot, countering well, all that. I'd have no critique. Uh, he's looked like shit over and over and over again. Uh, to the point where Top Rank had, had enough, so they let him go. Um, you know, they scoop, the zone scooped him up. I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure if it's Eddie that scooped him up with Matchroom, or if it's Oscar. I think it's Eddie um, that, that scooped him up. Nevertheless, it's the zone. Um, yo, I can see. I can see Padraig McGrory giving him trouble. This is one of those fights where. I believe um, when we talked about Teofimo Lopez and Jermaine Ortiz, B&I's prediction was our prediction. But we both said, over the end of the night, Jermaine Ortiz beats this kid. We're not going to be shocked. And I'm going the same way here. I think Ed- Edgar Berlanga wins this fight. But I think Patrick McGrory is a live dog and completely capable of making this goof uh, look flat-footed and one-dimensional, because that's what I think he is. Uh, He loads up on his shots. Uh, His balance is bad. Um, He completely abandoned the jab. He he was throwing the jab when he was knocking guys out. Again, the competition wasn't um, anything particularly special, but at least you get to see what a guy is capable of, you know? 
he's he's essentially abandoned the jab. He's he's thrown wide looping shots looking for the kill. Um, and when you're a guy that doesn't have much power like Patrick McGrory, he, you're there to be countered. Um, you know, pop, 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 get out. Pop, pop, pop. When, 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 when Berlanga throws those big looping shots, punch with him, pop, 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 get in there and get out. Use your feet, use your mobility. Uh, it's okay that you don't have tremendous power. Um, not everyone does. Not everyone is blessed with that. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Berlanga's power is real. It's certainly not as real as they wanted us to believe. That's a fact. It's certainly not that real. Where it's just d- destructive, concussive, uh, better be at power, where you're beating elite fighters by knocking them out. It's certainly not that. Does Berlanga have pop? Sure, of course. Uh, does he have spectacular punching power? I don't believe so. Uh, I believe it's going the distance. And I believe that um, I believe that Edgar Berlanga might win a wonky decision. Uh, it, it might be close, but I don't think I don't think Patrick McGrory has much of a shot um, at winning a close decision against a guy who they who who because look he's so young, um, you know. He's 26 years old. He's about to be 27, right? So it's really difficult when you're fighting a guy that... Let me not forget the fact that he's with a new promotional outfit. So do we really think a new promotional outfit, a guy that's supposed to uh, be able to punch and, you know, that they, they touted at one point as a star do, do I believe a guy who can't crack and who's known as more of a boxer and a guy who can move around a little bit and give you angles and give you trouble pull that off look man nah it's in Orlando there's a huge um Boricua community down there um you know more so in Miami but Florida in general just in general a huge Boricua community they're gonna show out for Belanga you know and I think all of that is not is is not going to um, bode well for Padraig McGrory, even though I think he might be able to give him a little bit of trouble. My prediction is uh, he does, Padraig McGrory does better than everyone expects him to. And um, Berlanga wins the decision uh, in Florida. That's my prediction for that fight. I'll reiterate like we did for Teo Jermaine Ortiz, if on Sunday we're all talking about this on Twitter, you know, and what we're talking about is the fact that Edgar Belanga was outboxed and lost to Padraig McGurry, I will not be shocked. I'm not, I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not betting on that. I wouldn't tell anyone that gambles to bet that, but I won't be shocked at all. Um, you know, Belanga's going to lose and he's going to lose soon. Um, that's, that's what I believe. And um, I'm, I'm essentially just waiting on it. Is it going to be this weekend? The probability is no. But uh, let's see if uh, Patty McGrory's got something for him. Yeah, guys. Um, sorry for the, uh, again, my apologies for the audio. And, uh, you know, the truncated episode was uh, due to me rocking for Dolo. Uh, 
everybody be careful out there. If you're getting together for the fights this weekend, you know, make sure you just uh, just take an Uber if you're drinking and smoking. You know, it's easy for, you know, $20. You're saving your life and somebody else's life. Uh, shout outs to B. I hope your vacation with the ladies is going uh, well. Shout outs to Irish Billy. Um, this weekend, his daughter was baptized. Uh, shout outs to Pablo for always uh, taking care of the production and, and the post. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, at Boxcutter Pazzi on Instagram, at Vinny underscore Paz on Twitter, um, jmtstore.com. We have a bunch of new merch. Uh, B is the killer B something on Twitter. And uh, on Instagram, he's I know that kid with the underscores on there. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully uh, it'll be the gruesome twosome back in effect. But uh, yeah, for Irish Billy, for Killer B, for Pablo, my name is Vinny Paz. We'll catch you all next episode. Peace. Knock him out. Knock him out the box, Paz. Knock him out.